This is season two, episode two, having money conversations with our children. Welcome to the Mama Hustle podcast, the show for moms trying to find joy in motherhood. In each week's episode, we will discuss topics like parenting, mental health, finding purpose in everyday family life, and so much more. I'm your host, Kritika. I'm a mom of two children, a seven-year-old and a two-year-old. I am so happy you're here. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Mama Hustle podcast and today we are talking all about talking about money and money related things with your children and when I say children I just don't mean like teenagers I'm talking about children as small as like preschoolers all the way up till you know whatever age they are and this is something that I have been thinking about quite a lot for uh, a few years now ever since my uh, older daughter has become much uh, older she's quite conscious about material things she's quite conscious about money uh, she participated in a children's business fair uh, two two years ago almost and pre-covid time and that really instigated that curiosity in her for money so basically what she did was she made some uh, chocolate dip, dip strawberries and some bookmarks that uh, uh, she sold in the business fair that was organized by the Flourish School, which is the school I run. And that really intrigued her about the fact that you could actually make something from scratch and uh, sell it to people and make people happy and also make money while doing so. And that really started her sort of journey about uh, talking about money, asking questions about money. That was also the time when she started becoming more and more interested in Lego and books. And both those things especially uh, you know high quality books are not really cheap and neither is lego at least in india uh, i don't know about other countries but uh, you know she always wanted to build uh, the next exciting uh, lego project that she would see in the lego catalog or she wanted to get that one particular book about uh, something that she'd seen or she wanted to buy one of these like lol dolls and things like that that her friends had and somehow that conversation would always lead to sort of money and talking about money and I was really unclear and unsure about how to go about discussing about the value of money about uh, you know being careful about spending and I really wanted to inculcate sort of uh, some sort of like money awareness and discussions about money uh, with her and I was really really unsure about how do we go about having those conversations? And the reason for that was because when I grew up, we rarely ever spoke about money in our family. And I think that would be probably true for most of you all listening to this um, uh, podcast, or maybe not, I'm not sure. But neither uh, my family nor my any of my friends' families really spoke to them much about money. Um, uh, you know, it was just something that was uh, considered, you know, I wouldn't say a taboo subject, but it wasn't really encouraged uh, speaking about money for children. Uh, we didn't really get a pocket money or allowance growing up either. Um, uh, my my parents would just say, hey, you know, you don't need a pocket money or allowance. If you need something, just come and ask for it. Uh, the one time they did try to give me a pocket money allowance, I sort of spent it really foolishly. And that was the end of the like uh 
allowance, you know, there wasn't any lessons learned and what could I have done better. It was just like, you know, you're, you're, uh, you have no idea how to spend money. So we're not going to give you allowance. So the, the crux of the matter was that I didn't really grow up in my family speaking about money and I was quite uncomfortable talking about money and am even now. <clears throat> and so uh, when I grew up and, you know, uh, graduated from college and I got a good, well-paying job, I just kind of went a little bit berserk with money just because I'd never had, you know, money before. I never really earned anything before college. And now I had all of this money that I was making and I, I spent many, many years uh, not saving any money and just being really foolish and not investing it and all of those kind of things. And and neither is, is you know, mon the money discussion isn't something that happens in schools either right so it doesn't happen in families and friends but it also doesn't happen in school like they they will teach you about mathematics and they'll teach you about algebra and trigonometry and also the mathematical concepts but uh and i believe that some schools do have like economics much later in um in their curriculum but it isn't something that is spoken about in the classroom and it's in schools as well uh you know we we're all obviously taught about profit and loss and gross uh, expenses and all of those kind of things but you know how money sort of affects your day-to-day -day life and what it, what to do with money and how to invest and how to save and how to donate and all of those things are never really spoken about in school and so I just didn't want didn't want to make those same mistakes with my daughter but I had no idea how to go about it and then I came across this book which is called the opposite of spoiled I'll link it in the show notes and it's by this author named Ron Lieber and I've read this book all, twice now already in the last few months just because I felt like the first time I didn't grasp the concepts enough uh, but then the second time I felt like I really got an idea of how to go about uh, talking about it so I have the copy of my book in front of me so, and so you might hear me like turning the pages and that's just me looking at my notes in the book. But basically in this book, the author basically talks about the idea that this whole idea that money is a taboo subject and we don't discuss it with our children uh, actually really, really harms them in the long run. It turns them into entitled individuals or it turns them into somebody who thinks of money as this mysterious object and doesn't actually really talk about the pra you know practicality of money and the fact that money is actually nothing more than... Uh, something that gives you choices in life and so he really talks about the need to speak about money with your children even when they're very very little even a three to four years old uh, kids should be uh, should be aware about money and what it means so the first thing uh, is you know we've already spoken about why we need to talk about money but basically uh, the, the the crux of the matter is that uh, you know, discussion of money brings about the idea of responsibility. So instead of, you know, uh, thinking that there is this unlimited supply of money that you have, uh, where you can sort of get all the toys and all the books and all the clothes and all the family trips that you want, instead of having that, uh, you know, understanding what it means to have a certain amount of money and what are the things that it can buy you in the long run. It's also important to talk about what it means to earn money. Uh, through responsibilities, through taking initiative and all of those things. So those are the, you know, one of the very, very many reasons to talk about money. But for me, those two reasons were quite uh, the, the two most important things. I wanted to teach my kids about responsibility with money and I wanted to teach them about 
what it means to have money and what do you do with the money when you have it. All right. So the first thing is uh, how to start money conversations with your children. And more often than not, you don't have to even bother with uh, starting the money conversation. Most of the time, your children will bring up the subject with you. For example, they might ask you, are we rich? Are we poor? Uh, is so-and-so friend richer than we are? Is so-and-so friend poorer than we are? Is the person who works in our house or who is the person who drives a car or whatever, what have you, is that person poorer than we are? So those kind of questions will come up pretty often with children as young as like four or five years of age. I know my daughter at five years of age was asking me about uh, such things. And, uh, you know, our instinct to, to that kind of those kind of questions is just to like shut down and be like, why are you asking me this question? Like, why, um, you know, uh, let's change the subject or it's, it's something that you are very hesitant to talk about. And, 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 and the reason is it makes you uncomfortable. But instead of, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, in, instead of making it something that is uncomfortable is an uncomfortable conversation for you how about if we change it and uh, change our attitude towards it and become curious instead so um instead of uh, so now when my daughter asks me are we rich or are we richer than so and so i my first question is why do you ask that um, because why do you ask that will give me more insight into why she's asking that question in the first place. It could be that that person just said said so, or it could be that they uh, they got a really fancy uh, backpack to school, or it could be something else that they have noticed with their parents or with their friends' families. So there could be many reasons for it. So instead of just jumping and saying, you know, hey, I don't know if you're rich or not, um, uh, or I don't know if you're richer than so-and-so or not. Uh, it's not something that I'm comfortable talking about. Actually becoming curious and asking them why they want to know that. So that would be my first thing. And more often than not, it'll be something that happened, some incident that happened that had nothing to do with money. But it's a good way to start that conversation and say, okay, you know, why do you think, uh, you know, let's say that they have said that, oh, uh, are we rich? And I would say, you know, why do you ask that? And uh, it could be that uh, she would say that we probably live in a like, like a big house or we... Uh, go to eat pizza at this fancy pizza place and that's why I think we are rich uh, or something like that and then that would give you uh, an opportunity to have more conversations about it about what it means to be rich what it means to be poor is richness and poorness only measured in terms of uh, money and then there can be conversations that you can have about wealth and wealth creation and so many other directions in which you could take that conversation. But the first place to start that conversation is from a place of curiosity and asking them why they're asking that question or why they think that. Uh, the next uh, the next point I wanted to talk about that I, I learned from this book was the importance of allowance because it really builds that awareness of what money means and what it means to, uh, you know, what you what what are the things that money allows you to do. And so this was something that, again, is a very touchy subject with Indian parents, I think, because a lot of us didn't grow up with pocket money. At least I didn't. And a lot of my friends didn't. 
but the author in this book was actually really very much in favor of allowances and when he says allowances he actually recommends that you don't give allowances based on stuff done so hey you know if you finish your homework every day for the you know the entire month you will get x amount of money because uh, or or hey if you clean up after dinner every day you will get 10 bucks for every uh, day of the week that you clean up after dinner so he actually doesn't suggest that because the child could you know very easily turn around and say I don't want that like I don't I don't want the money you know uh, because they are still learning the value of money and the you know the fact that they could do what they could do with that money and so they could easily just turn around and say I just I don't want the money instead what he recommends is having an allowance set allowance that you give your kids every week or every month um, and uh, the amount of allowance can differ from family to family. It depends on the, the kind of budget, home budget you have. It depends upon the age of your child. It depends on the number of siblings that are there in the family because they might have to share things that they buy. So there are many things that, uh, that the allowance amount depends on. For us, I think it's very age-based and like the rough uh, formula that I've roughly come up with is the amount of money that uh, I will, uh, the, the amount of allowance that my daughter will get is 100 bucks per year of their age per month. So if she's seven years old, she'll get 700 rupees per month uh, allowance. And obviously, this is a very random thing that I've come up with. And this, this could change, obviously, because as they get older, that becomes like a lot of money. Uh, so you can come up with whatever uh, amount of allowance you sort of agree, agree with your child. But what is important is to be consistent, consistent with allowing, giving that allowance every month or every week um, that you've decided and uh, making sure that they have like, an idea that that money belongs to them and that they need to keep it safe. So maybe giving them a piggy bank, giving them a drawer, a box, a jar to keep that money in so that they are not just uh, losing that money, but they are actually they actually understand that that's something that they have to use. So for us, we uh, have decided to give our daughter an allowance at the first of every month. And we are going to do that for a while and see how it goes. So um more important so what he what what this author uh talks about in the book is that it is less important uh the amount of allowance you're giving your child is less important but what is more important is guiding them as to what to do with that allowance and so what he recommends is that a lot of the times there are no money conversations that are happening in families because we don't have the conversation about how to spend your money. So parents kind of like just give an allowance every month to their child and then just forget about it. Uh, and then they, they realize that it, their child has spent their entire allowance buying, um, I don't know, like troll dolls or something like that, which they like literally use for like two days and then never pick up again. Um, and, and it goes on for for month after month then they just like stop giving the allowance which is what happened in my case in my parents case uh, but what the uh, what the author of this book says is that uh, it just doesn't, just doesn't stop at giving your child an allowance but it also is important to talk about what to do with the allowance and what he recommends and this part I love I still haven't done this in my house but I definitely do plan to so what he recommends is giving them three jars or three boxes and uh, one jar is for 
spend so the money that you know uh, the money they want to spend on something that they need or want save so money that they want to save for like a big ticket item or something in the future and then give so what he recommends is that give them three jars and let them make the decision of how much of that money they want to spend how much of that money they want to give and how much of that money they want to save and obviously the, the percentages can can differ from child to child and you can have discussions with that but the important part is that you do put some amount of that allowance into each jar so you're putting in some amount uh, uh putting away some amount to spend you're putting away some some amount to save for the for a future project or something that you want like a big ticket item but you also put in some amount to give maybe to a charity or to a friend who needs something or to a family member who needs something, whatever it is. But something you put away to give or donate to somebody. Um, so those are the three things. And I love that idea because I feel like it just doesn't end at giving our kids allowances, but actually showing them how they can use that allowance and how it can become a powerful tool for them. Is, is something that would definitely help them immensely in the long run. The next, um, the next thing uh, that the, uh, that uh, I learned from this book was teaching them um, the concept of mileage. Uh, so how far can this money take you? So in the in a previous example where I said that uh, you know. Uh, you give your child an allowance and they spend all of that allowance on something bizarre like Shopkins or something like that. Something that they are going to play with or use for like a very small amount of time. Uh, but it's, it's like the it thing to do. All of their friends have it. It's attractive. And so they want to spend all of the money on that. So instead of letting them do that, having a conversation with them about the mileage of the said thing that they are buying so let's say for example that they you give them allowance of thousand rupees and they have spent all of that thousand rupees on buying um i don't know i'm trying to think of like a toy that is uh, that is low mileage toy but i'm going back to lol dolls just because i've had an experience with my daughter of buying lol dolls they're just freakishly expensive <laughs> this is so expensive why are they so expensive and uh, my daughter literally played with two dolls that she bought for like maybe a day and then it was gone. Like she never bothered picking it up. So uh, so instead of, uh, you know, letting her have that thousand rupees and letting her spend it all on buying one LOL doll, I would have a conversation with her which would go something like this. How... Uh, many days do you think you would play with that LOL doll and she would say probably two days or three days based on her past experience so then I would say um, all right so that means that you will be spending uh, about 300 rupees per day to play with that LOL doll and that you will never use it again right so so basically what you're doing is that you're spending all of this money for about three days worth of fun as opposed to something else that they might like maybe it could be something like play-doh or like a play-doh kit or uh, maybe a slime kit or legos or uh, an, uh, uh, a snap uh, circuit kit or something that 
requires them to or a puzzle kit you know it, it depends from person to person but something that when they buy it they could play with it or use it for many many days and then uh, you talk to them about how um, much that um, how much hours of fun per rupee they're getting so in the case of an lol doll the hours of fun per rupee that they're getting is very very low but uh, for something like a Lego set which they would probably uh, use and um, play with for quite some time to come the hours of fun per per rupee is very very high because you're going to be using that toy or that material for many many uh, um, uh, you know months to come uh, and another good example is arts and craft supplies right so even though they're inexpensive but you use them for so much longer than you would let's say a Shopkins set or uh, you know uh, how to train your dragon figurine action figurine or something like that right so that is another conversation to have about you know being smart about spending and really talking to them about how do you how do you make the decision whether or not it is reasonable to spend a certain amount of time, a certain amount of money on something? Does it make sense to spend that amount of money on something? Or do you make different decisions based on what you know about hours of fun? So that was another interesting concept that I learned from this book as well. Um, the next thing that I learned was uh, about... Uh, raising materialistic kids and um, how to avoid doing that and um, one of the things that uh, the author mentions and I've seen this happen time and time again is that whenever there is some something had, that happens let's say there is a birthday or, or your kid has lost a tooth or they have graduated from preschool or something like that uh, and Parents tend to think of ways to reward them or celebrate that success uh, by spending money. And uh, a lot of the times, spending money is kind of like not the best way to celebrate that. So let's say, for example, and this is an example that comes from the book. So let's say, for example, that there's a concept of the tooth fairy, right? And uh, whenever your child lose their milk, loses their milk tooth, the, the common, at least in the Western cultures, the common uh, uh, thing that every parent does is ask their kids to put the tooth under their pillows. And then in the morning, they have a certain amount of money uh, under their pillow, right? And that kind of like brings into perspective like uh, money and um uh, you know, if something happens to you, you are rewarded with money or toys or materialistic things, uh, books, games, all of those kind of things. Uh, however, if if instead the parent sort of takes a step back and says, all right, so my child has lost a tooth. What can I do that makes this moment extra super special and just so much fun for them to wake up to at the same time be some it being something meaningful so uh, so one one example could be that they wake up in the morning and there is a little note from the tooth fairy and a um, story about uh, a, 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 you know a story about a tooth fairy story or something like that so the child wakes up in the morning and there is a long story about the tooth fairy or it could be you know 
in the book he he uh, he uh, you know uh, talks about many creative ways in which people do this so there was one couple that um Ha would have like um another animal's tooth like you can buy animal teeth online apparently and having another animal's tooth under uh their pillow and it would be like really fun for them to wake up to an animal's tooth and then they read up about it and all of those things so finding creative ways to celebrate your kids achievements and birthdays and christmases and all of those things than just uh, throwing money and buying toys and things and stuff. Uh, another example that he gives was also like buying experiences. So instead of, um, you know, uh, just giving them money to buy materialistic things, uh, you instead, uh, you know, do a picnic because, uh, plan a picnic because uh, your child has, um, I don't know, uh, gone through a difficult medical procedure or uh, if your child has um, read their first ever chapter book. So when my daughter read her first ever chapter book, we actually celebrated that with like a book tea party at home. And, you know, I could have just as well just gone out and bought like a bunch of other chapter books from that same series that she had read. And, you know, maybe it would have been, you know, she would have been happy to see those books. But when we threw that book themed tea party, that was just something that was super special and she would remember that. Uh, for a long time to come. So thinking of other ways in which you could celebrate and make a moment special than just buying your children thing, things uh, would, you know, uh, help us in making sure that our kids don't just associate like materials and money and all of those things with, you know, celebration. Um, and the last thing that I learned and I mean, it's, it's something that I, I really truly believe should be done and it's not something that's done in India, but making children work. So not just being productive members of uh, the household. So making sure that they, you know, help with the dishes, help with cleaning their rooms, um, uh, you know, help with keeping the house neat and tidy, but also, uh, you know, encouraging them to go out and get jobs. And this is something that, you know, was completely discouraged in, in at least in uh, uh, the, the kind of community that I grew up in. And I know it was discouraged with my friends as well, where, you know, we were always said, you know, study now, you can work later, it's not the time for you to earn money. But actually, uh, getting kids at a very young age to have jobs and internships and all of those things really instills an idea of work ethic, an idea of being, you know, working hard and uh, sort of um, putting the hours to uh, earn something that they want. So let's say, for example, that they really, really want a... Um, a trip to a special place and uh, uh, you know instead of actually just giving them the trip uh, encouraging them to go out get a job uh, and uh, you know a safe job obviously and earn some sort of money to put away against that um, big ticket item that they want so uh, and this is something that I highly highly recommend I got a job when I was in college my parents let me get a job when I was in college, but but in school it was completely discouraged. Obviously, we had very long school hours, so it probably wouldn't have been possible. But getting summer jobs, getting jobs on the weekend, all of those kind of things are something that I think is an invaluable experience for a child. Uh, so at the Flourish School, we actually uh, in middle school and non uh, and high school kids in our school 
actually are encouraged to uh, get like internships um, 20 hours a week uh, or, or more if they if they want um, because they get, not only do they get real world experience but they see what it means to have a good work ethic what it means to be professional how to create resumes how to get feedback from your employer how to earn uh, money and how to save and spend it so I think getting a job early on really, really has so many, so many advantages and I highly would definitely recommend it. Um, but also not just jobs, uh, encouraging your children to be entrepreneurial. So as I said, my daughter absolutely completely loves the idea of owning a business uh, after the children's business fair. And right after the children's business fair, uh, she had all of these plans to uh, do things for Diwali, so sell dias for Diwali, sell lemonade during the summertime, uh, selling uh, Christmas cards during Christmas time, and obviously COVID happened and we could not make that happen for her last year. But this, uh, as soon as things uh, get back to normal, we definitely, I definitely would be looking to encourage, encouraging her with her entrepreneurial endeavors as well. So... So yeah, so those were like kind of like all of the um, uh, important uh, lessons that I learned from this book. I would definitely highly recommend this book. There were some other chapters also about gratitude and being uh, just happy with what you have and all of those things. And I can talk about that in a different episode. But if you are looking to uh, have the money talk with your child, I hope this episode has been helpful to you. And I um, would definitely recommend this book. I'm going to, as I said, linking it in the show notes below. Uh, and just to get an idea of, uh, you know, whatever I've said in this podcast is a really small part of the entire book. But I feel that you and your um, spouse definitely will benefit from reading this and having those tricky, uh, uncomfortable money conversations and making it a part of everyday life. Where you talk every day about money with your children and it's just something that that is done and you sort of raise uh, money aware and grateful and uh, um, sort of um, kids who sort of understand what it means to own things and what it takes to earn those things. So uh, I hope you found this episode useful. If you've liked it, I hope you will share it with your friends and family and on social media at Mama Hustle Community. Uh, me uh, is uh, is my Instagram account. You can tag me on that. And um, if you would leave a feedback for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, that would definitely uh, help the podcast uh, reach more and more people. And I hope to see you in my next episode next week. Bye.